Welcome, everyone, to another Monday adventure into reality. I am joined by my intrepid co-host, Kathy Ma. Welcome to the show, Kathy. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. It's just been such an awesome experience doing this show. It really has. But I would like to say, for those of you that are interested in a private session and want to go deeper with your questions with either Andrew or myself, please go ahead and call the office now at one for America, 360-894-0692, and they will be happy to answer any questions that you have. Again, the number for a one-on-one session with Andrew or myself is 360-894-0692. And we want to remind everyone, Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com is a 100% zero corporate-influenced, self-organized, organically-grown own system of radio it is supported by its audience so please um, stop on by that site support button and uh drop on drop a little something in so right now we want to remind everyone if you are going to be calling in uh we we do ask that you wait for the show to start um there is a delay on the show and right now you are calling into someone else's show so now that you've heard my voice, we are in a scenario where the, those that want to call in have two numbers. If the first number is 347-688-2902, again, that's 347-688-2902. And if they want to call an alternative number because that is not working, they can call, uh, one second here, 956-217-0261. <laughs> Nine five six two one seven zero two six one, and we have our first two callers already. So for those people that are still trying to call in, we have taken our callers for the first segment. So please hold your redial finger for just a few minutes. Two five zero, your name and where you're calling from. Hi, this is Karen. Hi, Karen. Vancouver Island. Vancouver Island. Welcome to the show. What kind of questions do you want to start with? Wow, I can't believe I got through. You are absolutely amazing, Andrew. Thank you so much. Um, I, I have a couple questions. My first one, um, I've always wondered uh, what happens to a soul when a baby dies in utero? Whenever a baby dies in utero, that is already in the spiritual contract process for the mother, the father, to create create something that separates as an egg and begins the process of creating spiritual contracts that means the baby as an astral soul has a a date to come in and immigrate from non-physical life to physical life and during that process the spiritual contracts that the baby is trying to create of who's going to be its third grade teacher who's going to be its first love those things no longer begin to work out when it's in the flesh of the growth part because it is going from a 100% unlimited astral being into a 99% um, uh, infinite being. It's starting to lose some of that process as it's going through the forgetting of the birth canal. And um, so when a baby dies in in utero, it is 99% of the time a part of the spiritual contract system because the baby was unable to generate something that would have given it the lifetime in potential that it wanted. Okay. Um, this baby in particular was a twin and her twin survived. Mm. Um, is there any sort of uh, entanglement there? Yes, there's all sorts of entanglements when a twin or a triplet comes through 
um, and only one or two of the two survive. And that's the the baby was trying quite literally trying to make two versions of itself in one body so it can get double the experience in this lifetime, sharing some form of psychic bond with its in utero mate. Um, male, female doesn't exactly mat- matter. They're they're bonded in a particular way, so that more experiences got in. You may have hear me say, and a lot of times, sometimes people are two people at a, at one time. It doesn't mean you have to be born in the same womb. Twins are making that choice. So when one doesn't survive, it was the other one's desire to make sure somebody got into the world this time, and they will be usually become some type of spirit guardian for that. Uh, other twin that survived for the first six or seven years and then they decide to come back in in the same family if there's another child potential or they they go on and search for something else okay um interesting yeah well that it it happened 12 years ago and um i i guess i've just never gotten over it and i've always had that underlying question and um the existing twin my daughter she's just been diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder and has a, a myriad of health um, issues. Um, were those related to her birth? Um, yes and no. So when a twin and one dies and the other one comes through and has some form of growth issue or some type of genetic issue or, or, or autism, which is neither a growth or a genetic issue, it is strictly a spiritual contract issue saying that the the babies its goals its plans were so special that the system had to limit the way the child can interact with the family and the mother at the most earliest of ages so that the child will not fall into their natural progression path of being a luminary a teacher a psychic or something that can offer great change to this world without the attachment to that that being it's it's a very special process and the vast majority of autism cases are that. And the vaccine process, um, whether you were vaccinated or your mother was vac- vaccinated, it still affects your future generations. And vaccinations from the 50s and 60s are still affecting children born in the 80s and the 90s. And vaccination from the 80s and the 90s are definitely affecting babies of the 2016, 2017, and 2018 or are yet to be born. And this is where autism has its own conspiracy value behind it because... The, the very nature of the vaccines, the highest levels of scientific expression know that when you vaccinate someone, you alter them genetically. That third person who's been vaccinated and then their children are also affected by it. Okay, right. Um, now, I wonder if, if I could ask, um, I have some uh, current uh, breast pain lump issues. Um, are those, is that issues I have related to the birth that I'm hanging on to? I want to bring Kathy in here to to bring her, her medical diagnostician process and her the way she looks at the energy, and then I'm going to add more to that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Hi, Karen. When I look at your energy around your chest area, I'd say I certainly do see some blockages. Um, I don't know that I would say it was related to the birth process um, that you experienced to me it looks like it ha- it was probably more recent um, than you know that far back uh, when I look at your energy it seems like you know if you go from the bottom of your breast upwards the energy is not flowing and that 
that uh, includes all the way going up to the top of your head. It's like the the chi or the energy, whatever you want to call it, is not flowing very smoothly. And these blockages is, is what is manifesting in your body. Um, to me, I would ask you, have you been around anything kind of toxic? Um, <clears throat> a relationship. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> um, living with chronic anger and those... Um, I don't think anything chemically or that type of toxicity. Mm, mm. To me, I would put this, I mean, obviously what you talk about does have some influence on your body, but to me, I'm looking at something that, to me, it's like you've been around something on an environmental level. You've either um, inhaled it or um, it's seeped into you somehow, um, have you been working or living in a place with, um, like, old paint? Old paint? Um, no, no. I have two smart meters right outside my bedroom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, to me, I would say this would be something that I would have thought you'd come into contact with maybe in the last three or four years, more than anything. Um, but... I, the way I look at it, it looks so environmental to me. It, um, I don't think it's, uh, you know, what you call it, a manifestation of the trauma that you've been through in terms of emotional or toxic relationship, um, although that's not without effect, of course. Um, but if you think your office, you know, your work environment or your home don't have that, then have a think about the sort of places that you do go to on a more regular basis uh, over the last few years. Because I'm pretty sure you've come into contact with something that um, somehow you've, you know, inhaled or, or seeped into you. Um, anyway, so that that's one thing to consider. The other thing is to also consider um, that you will have to do some sort of detox because, you know, for me, it looks like there's some sort of toxic something, uh, which I'd probably call more on the heavy metal side rather than um, uh, all sorts of gas side. So th that is something that you really need to consider. Um, also, you know, going back to your other two things that you brought up, the, you know, um, anger and toxic relationship, I mean, Anger itself, especially long-term anger, chronic anger, um, very aggressive anger that one carries inside, certainly does affect all your energy and your chi. So that's probably on a side thing is something that I would consider that you need to um, take care of. Right. There are there are many different ways to deal with something like this. I mean, there is no one fixed cure or one fixed way to release that kind of emotion um, and pent up sort of energy inside you. Let's just call it negative energy to make it easier to define. In your case, I would probably suggest you do more things that are relaxing, like, you know, massage. And by massage, I mean more like aromatherapy relaxing massage not lymphatic drainage massage um, so the, the goal for, for things like this is to help you um, remain calm be more calm release anger in a more uh, slow and easy way as opposed to trying to pound it out um, if that makes sense um, yeah. because what 
what you have is not going to be so easy to release just like that. You know, no, no matter how much drumming you do straight away, it's not going to help. You need to do it slow. Think of it in slow process, like step by step by step. So start with relaxing, letting the tension leave your body first. So aromatherapy, massage, bars, spas, jacuzzi, any range of things like this. Then you can move up to things like um, creating your sequel that, where they actually get into your body and release things little bit by little bit. And from your point of view, on a probably subconscious level. So it's, again, not very hard for you. And once you get yourself into a certain place where you feel sort of a bit, you know, I don't want to say happier because I wouldn't say you're unhappy, but just a bit happier about things, about the, the small releases that you've done, then I would suggest that you really start to talk to someone about this because there are ways that you can deal with this uh, in an easier manner where you can release this kind of um, negative energy that would be more helpful to you and also to help you gain insight into where this is all coming from because a lot of the core issue of where this negative, let's call it anger and angst is coming from, is really not the same place that you think it originated. Okay. Right. It goes back to way when, you know, you were just being conceived, etc. So there's a lot of things about it that you couldn't possibly know. Um, so think of it more like this. Let yourself do some gentle releasing. Um, get your body sort of more smooth and pliable and then work up to dealing with the bigger issues over things like that. Um, pace yourself. Don't be, um, what is it? Don't be impatient because you're not releasing enough fast enough. Because I can see you're a very organized person, so you like to have schedules with things like this. This will not be one of those things that you can. You kind of just have to wing it, um, if that makes sense. It does, yes. Mm. Yeah, it, it's never an easy thing to do. Um, but at the same time, once you start doing it and you do the simple things, you will actually know in your head, you'll know that you're ready tackle the bigger things it's because you, everything is so wound up right now it's very difficult to deal with that right yes and that's yeah I've had this amazing um, inertia um, anxiety depression fatigue and I just can't seem to get above beyond that so <clears throat> and I guess that's all related I think to um, probably never dealing with my daughter's death and uh, entanglements with uh, my spouse, ex-spouse. Mm. Well, I'd say that's definitely a big contributing factor, but there was stuff already there at the beginning. Those are just major triggers that have taken you down a different path that you, you know, would all prefer you don't go down. So it's just a question of looking at it more, I'd say, logistically. It's like, don't look at the whole thing as such a, an overwhelming feat. Think of it more like, okay, my first step will be to get some body relaxation. Second step, to get some brain relaxation because of the body relaxation. Third step, to do a little bit of body work that will help me correct a few things. And now by that point, I think I'll be ready to talk about a few issues or, or find out a few issues about myself I didn't even know. Um, because in, in this scenario as well, I would say even if you do past life regression, at that point, you would gain more out of it because it will give you insight into yourself and also things that have happened from the beginning where you really don't know or, you know, the phobias or the angst that you have that 
really in a way you've inherited rather than created yourself in this lifetime. Ah, I see. Mm. Yeah, so it's a process, you know, and think of it as a year-long project. That way it's much easier to cut it up and easier to deal with because then you don't feel overwhelmed by everything. Right. Yes. No, that's, that's doable. A year. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, not a decade, a year. <laughs> right. And not a month. Yeah. A nice span of time because by the time you come through near the end of the year, you can reevaluate and then yourself set yourself another goal for the next year. You know what I mean? So the more you cut it up, the more achievable it becomes for you. And, and that alone gives you confidence to keep moving forward and, and even bring yourself, you know, some that lightness that you, you're looking for. Having a plan okay. sometimes is good, even if you don't know exactly what the plan is. Okay, right, yeah, just just more self-care, right. I, I've just sort of discovered through um, the spouse being borderline personality disorder that I'm a classic codependent and take care of everyone and everything and um, yeah, sort of fell apart in January and um, so yeah, this is, uh, I guess, um, a healing path, so thank you. Mm. Yeah, and it's it's going to be a very interesting path for you, you know, it, it, self-discovery and self-awareness are always very, very interesting and it gives you such great insight, not only into yourself, but the people around you. Right, yes. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. I got something I want to add. The, the the child that died in utero, did you give give him did they give her a name? Um, I gave her a name, yes. <clears throat> so I want to help you release some of the the chronic anger that you have in. Kathy has uncovered a lot of stuff that existed there before, but the the birth trauma has amplified many of those things, and I want to help remove some of that frequency out of you. Just uh, I'm going to do a process where I just want you to repeat after me, and what we're going to do is we're going to clear out some of the birth trauma energy. Okay. Okay, so just repeat after me. I, in the ever-present moment, I, in the ever-present moment, choose to acknowledge the anger within, choose to acknowledge the anger within, that has amplified, that has been amplified from the death of my child. It has been amplified by the death of my child. Okay. I ask that my child, and say her name, I ask that my child, Hillary, come to this moment of now, come to this moment of now, so I may share my love with her. So I may share my love with her. So I may share my perspective of her twin growing up. So I may share her perspective of my twin growing up. So she may understand the work that she is doing in the astral world. So she may understand the work she is doing in the astral world. Is saving my child of the now. Is saving my child in the now. I ask that my love be extended to all other versions of my child. I ask that my love to be extended to all other versions of my child in the now. I open my own heart. I open my own heart. To the love of the child that has passed. To the love of the child that has passed. So it may heal my wounds of self-created anger. So it may heal my wounds of self-created anger. And remove the lumps within my breast. And move, remove the lump within my breast. I share my breast energy with the child that has passed on. 
I share my breast energy with a child that has passed on. So she may have known the breastfeeding love energy. So she may have known the love of breastfeeding. The breastfeeding energy, love energy. I now take this moment in the ever-present now. I now take this moment in the ever-present now. To clear out every voice of anger I have ever said. To clear out every voice of anger I have ever said. To others or myself. To others or myself. I am worthy of the love of this universe. I am worthy of the love of this universe. I am worthy of the love of my living child. I am worthy <coughs> of the love of my living child. And I am worthy of the love of my child's twin. And I am worthy of the love of my child's twin. Anytime I have ever said I am not worthy as a mother. Anytime I have ever said I am not worthy as a mother. I break that contract vow and agreement of anger. I break that contract vow agree of anger. So that I may be free. So that I may be free. Of the nagging voice that says I am not worthy. Of the nagging voice that says I am not worthy. I look upon the face of my living child. I look upon the face of my living child. And I extend all of my beauty and love to her. And I extend all of my beauty and love to her. Without a single ounce of anger present. Without a single ounce of anger present. So she may know I will guide her into the future. So she may know I will guide her into the future. Be her guardian. Be her guardian. Be her teacher. Be her teacher. And be her mother. And be her mother. Who is ready to love another. Who is ready to love another. And to let go of the anger of the other husband. And to let go of the anger of the other husband. So that we as a family. So that we as a family. Are ready to co-create with other companions of this world. Are ready to co-create with other companions of this world. And so be it. And so be it. Okay. There was a lot of energy that came off of you. A tremendous amount. <laughs> I feel it. I'm smiling now. <clears throat> wow. Those are the types of words you have to start saying to yourself daily. And remind yourself that anger is not something that you want your daughter to grow up with and be imprinted with. And that you are right. healing yourself so that you can be the mother at the highest levels. Right. Right, yes. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's my healing process that will essentially help both my children. I did go on to have another son. That's right. son as, as well. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So your healing process will heal your children, past, present, and future, living and unliving. Okay, lovely. Thank you. All right, darling, um, we need to move on to the next caller. Wow, I totally appreciate both of you. Um, in Thank you so much. All righty. That is our musical break, so everyone hold on here, and we'll come back to the next caller after the break. Welcome, 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 everyone, to our next segment here on Adventures into Reality. Our next caller is 906. Are you there? 
I can Hello? hear you. 906, your name and where you're calling from? Hello? Andy Marquette. Okay, where are you calling from, Andy? Marquette, Michigan. Marquette, Michigan. Welcome to the show. What kind of questions do you want to ask today? Uh, thank you. I'd uh, really like some help with uh, figuring out purpose and past histories, past lives, that sort of thing. Okay. How, how did you find out about this show, and what, did, what made you want to call in today? Well, I've been uh, on a, a, a study of a lot of spiritual uh, information, and I'm not sure exactly how I came across this one in particular, but I've been following your works for a while and thinking about a private uh, session, too. Okay. So w the first question you want to know is about your past life histories? Um, more so, uh, current purpose and, uh, mission. Okay. What year were you born? Um, you broke up there. What year were you born? 1977. 1977. Just a second. Let me tune into the energies. All right. You were born in, in what I call the yellow ray. 1977 was a lead up to the great transitional and changes of the night of what we had in the 1980s. So you came in strictly from the Andromedan galaxy as part of not a blue ray, but a yellow ray frequency of beings that were coming in that were supposed to operate with heart energy from their solar plexus. So the Andromedan galaxy has Andromedan people in it, but the rest of the galaxy has all other versions of peoples that live in it. So you're not an Andromedan per se, but you are a person that would come from the Andromedan galaxy. The people themselves are much taller than we are, we are today, as much as 20 to 30 feet in size, but in a much more denser world. And the yellow frequency is a type of technology that is meant for people that are going to be interacting with large volumes of people. Example, many baseball players or professional sports players are yellow technology spiritual beings. I mean, they can operate in the solar plexus frequency, in the confidence frequency, and the ability to interact with other people. This relates to your particular mission this lifetime. Um, you came to this world about 16 million years ago with the direct purpose of bringing your DNA lineage and the family members and soul families that you had with you in your original home world and to incorporate them here to bring about a point of people that could be professional presenters of the yellow frequency of technology, which generally is in around athletics, martial arts, yoga, something to be with the physical stature of training the body to be a spiritual personality. Okay. Does that make sense to you? Uh, a little bit. That, that helps. Have you ever looked into becoming a, a martial arts teacher? No. Um, definitely not. I, I've looked into taking martial arts classes, but certainly uh, that would be a start. Well, you would be one of those people that can use your knowledge of martial arts or yoga. Yoga is just another version of martial arts that doesn't use katas as a representation of expression of energy. Um, so becoming a teacher of some type of physical asset skill that trains people how to work with their spirit, you would be very, very good at that. 
as well as hands-on healing and uh, a type of sound healing. Not necessarily don't consider yourself a musician per se, but one that use musical instruments in a live scenario to do healings on individuals. You're still operating in the yellow frequency. That means your biggest challenge is to not be a hermit this lifetime, to have friends and companions and lovers, and, and many of them, to not be limited to this marital concept of, of being uh, um, homogeneous with one, one particular mate. You would have many this lifetime, and the guilt that you would feel from the imprints of your mother and father of, of taking many mates this lifetime would be very detrimental to your yellow technology. Yeah, you're starting to really tune in, because uh, what I do for a living is vibration analysis. I, I've studied vibration in different frequencies and harmonics. What I do is I'm basically a doctor for large equipment at a, at a mine. There and you go. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's my calling in life. I'd rather fix people than equipment. Well, that is training you. The fixing of equipment is training you how to fix people. Okay? And this is a matter of beginning the transition into the yellow frequency, which is the confidence frequency, is the, which is the action frequency. It is your solar plexus that allows you to manifest in this reality your heart space, your mind space, and all of that, those other things that come with living. So you doing mental exercises that amplify your solar plexus to be more a part of your aura will create a motivational frequency and vibration within you. You know, much like there's the, there's a machine that's not working and it just takes the wrench hit in the right spot and it works. Sure. So you're at a point where you need to wrench hit yourself. <laughs> it's that final okay. Millennium Falcon tapping on the right spot so your solar plexus turns on and you begin to make the transition of healing machines to healing people. Taking the sound frequencies that you've, you've studied about, 432 hertz, tuning forks, out loud sound, speakers, music, and all the light lighting colors that come with it, and begin to develop a business for yourself that is operated in the manifest frequency of now, which is in this yellow and red frequency. Infrared meaning the people that come into and from you, and the yellow frequency, the confidence and stature that you hold to present a spiritual technology that begins to heal people's physical bodies. Wow, okay. Okay, I want to bring Kathy in here for a second to bring her perspective, too. Sure. I'm all here. When you um, say, you know, you're looking for your purpose in this lifetime, what exactly do you mean by that? I mean, do you mean, like, in terms of work? You mean in terms of mindset? Oh, uh, I a little of both. Um primarily work uh, at the moment, but, you know, and, mm. uh, well, I uh, were here, what, what, what the specific mission is, I, I have a lot of different ideas and concepts, pretty wild imagination, but it's just a matter of tuning all that into the right area and, and, and running with it instead of all these vast different ideas. Mm-hmm. So I guess, would it be fair to say that you're more looking just for some focus of where you want to go with your life? Would that be right? Yeah. 
Mm, okay. Well, when I look at your energy, I mean, I, I would agree with Andrew very much over the healing side of things because to me it, it looks like you have a lot to offer other people. Um, but I, I also think that you yourself discount what you know, um, which I guess is also why I'm questioning what it is that you think you need to look for um, in terms of your life purpose because it's almost like you already have all the answers. It's just a question of what do you want to home in, what skills do you want to use to do um, what you're going to set yourself up to do. Um, that's not a very good way to put it, let me think. It's like you've already learnt enough. You have already got a lot of innate knowledge within yourself. You have a lot of technical knowledge that you also have. Now it's a question of what can you marry together to move forward in a capacity where you can, um, I guess, help others is, is more where you're probably going to go with all of this. And I would say that it's a very good way to go because you're looking for a lot of fulfillment in your life, which at the moment, I would say, if we were to gauge fulfill, you know, one's feeling of ful fulfillment in life, I would say at the moment you're probably only feeling like maybe 40-50% fulfillment, whereas you're looking for something that's at least 80-90% fulfillment. So when you can home in on, on what your skills are and what you can do with them and how you can manifest them in a more structured way to help other people, you will find your fulfillment will add and add and magnify at that point. The one of the key things that you really need to look at now is what are your main interests because um, as you say you know you've got so many things going on so many thoughts in your head so many ways you'd like to go think of it more like what is your skill set what do you know very well and I'm sure you'll come up with at least three things that you're very confident about that you know really well then you have to start to think outside the box what can you do with them how can you mold them and change them into things that you want to do for other people and from that uh, concept onwards you will find it's very easy to decide what it is that you can do with it and the more you decide what you can do with it the more you will understand where you can go with it because at the moment everything is just random thoughts in your head and little inklings of this and that whereas when you start to really fine-tune it and home it and be more focused and move ahead with it everything else will start to fall away and the main few things which I would consider let's say three maybe four things um, you can create something and marry it with something else to make it more user-friendly and move forward with that to me I look at you and your energy and I would say you're more like a leader than a follower what you will end up choosing to do with all of this is something that we would consider quite new. We wouldn't have heard of it before. So if you're thinking, oh, let me look on the internet and see if this interests me or that interests me, the, the only reason that that would help you is to help you get more ideas of how you can fine-tune what you know and what you can do. Do you see what I mean? Did I explain that well or not? Yeah, I think you explained that very well. No, oh, good, good. 
there's something there's something I want to add to another layer here. You've been searching and searching for a mission and a purpose, and it's been right in front of you pretty much the whole time. And there's a part of you that innately knows that direction, but has also been using the river in Egypt as a form of denial for it. The job that you have pays you very well and keeps you occupied. And there's a part of you that doesn't want to transition out of that job job because of the comfort that it provides, as well as the connection to the underground energies. So whenever anyone chooses to be a miner this lifetime, it is via a spiritual contract to be a part of those rocks who want to be on the surface this lifetime. Okay. Did you have you ever made a collection of special rocks from the mines that you've worked in? Well, I work in one mine and it, it's an open pit mine, but uh, I have many rocks and crystals. And where I live, there's a there's a lot of geological anomalies around here, and there's lots of great crystals and there's you know, okay. There's a so lot what, of great what, rocks here. What I, I want have many, you to do. What I want you to do is to, to gather all the rocks that you've collected and all the crystals that you have and to take them outdoors. And I want you to set up a speaker and start playing music to them as if they were an audience. Okay. Okay. This may seem like a trivial thing, but it is actually going to make a humongous difference in your yellow frequency of energy. By you physically touching and bringing everything out and arranging it as the, as the method of it being an audience, they are going to hold what's called a court. Not a negative court, but a court as observation of what it is that you're trying to do. And the types of music that you can play from them can be anything in your choice, from soft Enya music to heavy metal, whatever it is. But near the end of the, the process of playing music to them, I want you to begin to name some of these crystals that you have. And they are going to become your teachers in self-motivation of what it takes to transition of working at the mine into creating your own spiritual business that fulfills you with your own life path. <clears throat> okay, that sounds like a fun project. Okay, so any last questions? We have to move on to the next caller. No, um, I, I think that should do it. I think, I think both of you are for your help. All right, brother. Take it easy. You have a really good day. It was fun reading you. You too. Thank you. Our next caller is uh, from Skype. Sam, are you there? Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, you sound wonderful. Where are you calling from today? I'm calling from Manchester, England. Manchester, England. Welcome to the show. What kind of questions do you want to ask? Uh, well, I've kind of got like two sets of questions. Um, I've kind of got like the usual, you know, galactic origins, um, why I came to Earth, and kind of my purpose in this lifetime. And also, I'm interested about my health as well, so I could kind of divide a bit of time between those two things. Okay, I'm going to bring I'm going to bring Kathy in here first to talk about the health and wellness, and then we will move into uh, the galactic origins. Okay, cool. Hi, Sam. Um, Hi. It seems like you've recently had an accident of some type you have an injury a recent injury is that right yeah i've got an injury mm. um it, you know it's really weird it looks like a new injury yet it seems it's got this strange sensation of being an old injury did you injure it when you were young the same area no no i've generally been pretty lucky with injuries mm. That's very weird. All right. Well, anyway, um, looking at the injury right now, I would say you really need to rest it more um, 
to me it's like it's not being well rested with um, proper rest and relaxation and um, probably some work around the surrounding area you will find that that will decrease it a lot your healing will happen a lot faster to me it looks like if just to diverge a little bit to look at your overall body it seems like this year you will you're quite prone to having a couple of accidents so I'd like you to keep that in mind because I want you to be more aware of where you walk how you walk and who you're walking with because these will be the variables that will come up for you and by that I mean um, eyes forward don't turn around because you're very likely to bump into something it's very easy to trip over so watch the the path, the pavement, whatever you're walking on, most likely to be not level when you're not paying attention. And also by being aware of other people, because I do see one incident where you easily get knocked down because there's, like I'd say, two or three people are rushing towards you and they don't walk straight. They, they're like running, so they twist, so you can't anticipate that well. So just in terms of injuries, those are the ones that I see that are all related to you this year. But to also go back to your uh, overall, health, overall health, to me it looks like you've got a big tightness at the top of your head. I would say you've probably had, um, I wouldn't say fraught with um, headachey problems, but you definitely have a tightness there that you've had for most of your life. To me, a lot of this is about um, possibly the the top of your head never had a, a proper time to um, have a what do you call it a healing like from the beginning so that the, the bones on your skull or whatever they're called didn't fuse well um, I don't I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of medical terms for that I don't know them but this is the only way I can describe it it's like the top of your skull hasn't used over well it isn't strong enough um, so what you need to do is find someone that can work on that, um, probably like a cranial sacral or something like this, because when you can get the, everything in the top of your head more aligned and more free, you will find that pressure is taken off your head and even your neck will feel lighter. Um, I know it sounds like a really weird thing to do and a weird thing to have, but it is a lot more common than you realize. Um, but just that lightness alone, you'll suddenly realize that you can think better. And throughout your life, to me, it's like you've always thought, oh, you know, I just can't capture thought or my stream of thinking is just suddenly interrupted. And you put it down for being distracted by other people or age, whereas really it's something that your brain can't properly function the whole way through yet because of this pressure in your head. Once that's released, you will find that things are a lot more easy to flow, thoughts are easier to flow. Um, you're, when you're doing reasoning and rationale, it is easier to get from A to B than have to think about it and go via X and Y to get there that makes a lot of sense i've, I've experienced some uh, some headaches in the past uh, year or so i um mm. actually did a i did an eboga well it wasn't a ceremony i did eboga um about 18 months ago but i did it without a ceremony i kind of i read upon it on the internet and uh, i had a bit of a bad experience and uh, it really gave me a, a massive amount of brain fog 
Um, and it's really something off the rails, gave, gave me anxiety. Uh, this is why I thought it was a flight. This is the the, yeah. the the actual bike accident you were talking about was a a a final resolution of doing the oboga in an unprotected scenario. You have been you have been battling, let's just say, your own self created oboga ghosts. Yeah. Uh, it's a, how do I remedy this? Is just with the cranial sacral therapy will that, will that clear us? Because I've tried. I went to uh, Peru in September to do an ayahuasca ceremony. Uh, thinking that would help, uh, you know, in a ceremonial setting, but we couldn't complete the ceremony because of mitigating circumstances, so I didn't get the full healing. Right, uh, meaning so. it wasn't ready to happen. It wasn't ready to happen. So th there are some things here. The cranial sacral therapy is the first thing you want to do to relieve pressure so you get a new form of clarity back. Okay, the next thing you're going to do, I know that this is going to sound really weird, but you need to grab um, some watercolors and some paint brushes that have kind of wide thing, wide brushes that are the, side of, the size of your two fingers together, so a wide kind of brush that you would paint on paper with. And you need to start painting um, your body, quite literally, your feet, your arms, your legs, with words that say, I am here to live, I am here to ground. I am ending the aboga ceremony that I did in an unprotected way. You can use a Sharpie marker if you want to use that text, or you can create a symbol that has all of those words embedded into it. And you can paint that all over your body. And again, with watercolor, it washes right off, and it's meant to be ephemeral. So if you use something like a Sharpie that lasts a day or two, you got to remember to put some extra soap on there and to make sure that it flushes out of the skin. The applying of it of your skin and the washing it away is the actual spiritual mechanical process that's going to start to remove the many layers of aboga that are projecting into your ancient future now. Okay? And the next thing is to not do any more ceremonies that are not unprotected. Oh, yeah. I've learned that lesson. You so... learned that lesson. <laughs> oh, yeah. So yeah. The, next thing, the next thing here is you've got a lot of trauma that's in your auric field that is fear-based from the aboga ceremony and that's what you have to focus on is the trauma i want you to even consider it as as a a new birth trauma you were attempting to rebirth yourself by taking that volume of aboga and with whatever was going on on your mind thing you could handle it All right. you, you are in a scenario where you need to heavily nurture the new emerging being and the new emerging being is going to go back to this rebirth moment where you took your aboga, just like a, two 18-year-old, 16-year-old kids that are screwing and have a, have a child afterwards. You've got to go back to do the self-healing and the self-nurturing on that individual person. Um, and this is where you can bring up that memori memory and visualize yourself before you took the aboga. And you say in your mind with that visualization of yourself, going down this path will create a great change. I am here to create self-healing and self-nurturing around the being who's about to take this aboga. And for the entire journey that you will on there, I will witness it because I have already experienced everything that's in that, that, that aboga process. And at the end, when it's over, my extending love as your ancient future self who has survived the aboga process will now begin to teach you about removing this from your signature frequency so the I am being of the ancient future now may be able to continue on their spiritual process unfettered and free of the old traumas. It's amazing. Okay. Feel so, the energy. 
guided meditation of you visualizing yourself the moment before you took a boga and then just after you took it, halfway between the trip and you're like, oh my God, this is not turning out what I want to. You know all those moments from the aboga trip that were you know, scary to you? Yeah. Okay. You have to individually target those in your meditative state by visualizing yourself and doing what I just said, bringing the love to yourself. You already experienced everything. You're the survivor, the one that has been birthed through that process. You have to forgive yourself for doing that. But it, it was a great lesson for you. All right, we are back. Sorry about that. I don't know what went wrong. Anyway, so you'll have to create those individuated processes. And I would really say for you to write down as many of those memories that you know during your pre-aboga and aboga experience that you know you were scared, you were out of control, you weren't sure what's going on, the voices are too high, the voices are confusing. And you can dispel all of those because you're the one that survived it. So we just talked about in the the couple of hours leading up to taking it, or maybe the day before. Just... Yes, yes, all of those those choice points that you know, uh, you know, I shouldn't have done this. <laughs> okay, so I I bought it say like a month beforehand. So would that be included in the? Um... Yes, just figure those individual moments out, handful of six, seven before you, you the lead up to taking it, and then while you were taking it, send healing guided meditation energy to yourself. Um, there's something that's unique about a boga when the ancient future person goes in a meditative state and is truly grounded in attempting to heal themselves the aboga of the past will re-trigger a spiritual process and bring a whole bunch of healing energy in to clear its frequency because aboga is a great revealer it's, 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 it's purpose is to help people reveal clarity and authentic concepts all right, that is our break. Sam, hold on to the line here. When we come back, we'll finish our call. And welcome back, everyone. Sam, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. So uh, during the break, you, you had sent us a, a, a question about uh, their craniosacral practitioner, if they're going to be able to pick up what's going on with you. The first and most important thing you have to understand, you are healing in a series of injuries that are spiritual and then manifested in your bike accident. So what happened with your bike accident? How did it, how did it take place? Well, it was kind of two-pronged. Um, a couple of weeks before Christmas, uh, it was the first day on my bike, actually. I just bought it. I was riding down the road. I was on the pavement, and I um, saw a car pulling out. It was a good 30 yards away, and I used the front brake rather than the back one because uh, it was a new bike, and I didn't realize which one was which. And... Um, I kind of just, the momentum kind of toppled me over and I kind of bashed my knee. And it was clearing up for a week. And then exactly a week to the day later, I was traveling through town. It's been busy leading up to Christmas. Uh, so rather than going crossing the road, I went on the tram tracks and I got my wheel wedged in, in the tram tracks and fell over and like bashed the same knee in the same area. And then it's just, um, I've exacerbated the injury. Um, more afterwards by thinking I could ride it off which I did the first time and then it's just progressively become worse but it's healing better now it's becoming a bit better alright so when you go to see the cranial sacral therapist you have to say to him say to the person how you had your injury but you also say that this culmination that this injury was part of a spiritual process that I didn't close off right when I was doing before you don't have to tell him it was a boga just, just say some energies came in that that 
that made me clumsy enough and unclear enough to put myself in the situation. That's all the, the, the practitioner needs to know because they're going to work on the mechanics of the injury. And when they start working on the mechanics of the injury, they will get their own series of visions that relate to why the injury was caused. And as I was saying before, the manifestation of the injury was the direct result of taking the aboga, so it ended the old process. Although okay. if you didn't have that injury, you, you, you would still be going on through the worst of, of the leftovers of it. Okay, cool. And uh, Kathy mentioned, uh, if I, uh, once I get over this, I'll be thinking much more clearly again. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. That's the thinking more clearly, so then you can have a few weeks of clarity, so you can get yourself ready to do a ceremony that does not involve a boga in any way, shape, or form. And that next process is to bring the highest level of clarity for you to discover if plant medicine is right for you in this next generation of your spiritual processes. I'm going to say that it's not going to be a part of your process for the next 16 to 18 months unless you are able to uh, have a deeper understanding of what it takes to journey as a spiritual person in an unprotected scenario where you're protecting yourself, where you are going to set up your, your environmental space to have all of your spiritual protections around it and then knowing how to dose. Um, there are sometimes that psychedelic experiences can really screw up a person and then there are other times that where you may think you're really screwed up but in fact the the medicine was just revealing some of the layers in which you have to deal within yourself and one of those layers that you have to deal in yourself is I'm strong enough to handle anything that comes in my way right now you're not Right now, you're not ready to battle demons. Right now, you're not ready to time travel and have out-of-body experiences. Your body has been too traumatized and your soul has been too inexperienced in those processes. So this calls for a time of you putting yourself in your own spiritual boot camp where you begin to train the mind and the body differently to not look for places of journeying and battling but places of healing and self-creation for yourself, self-motivation, learning how to source happiness from the spiritual processes early on, sourcing happiness from every meditation that you're able to do. Um, I was telling you before about painting your body. I believe that's something that you should probably make very ritualistic for yourself because there are hundreds of other lifetimes where you have done other psychedelic experiences as a shaman and things went wrong. You know, oftentimes you hear me talk about the good stuff, the ancient Indians talking to the ancient future person in ceremonies, but sometimes those would go wrong for hundreds of different reasons. And you have to begin this process of understanding that you can't move at thoroughbred, thoroughbred racehorse race all the time. You have to be willing to work at your, your proper pace and to not create spaces where battles can be created. Um, when you took the aboga, it was a, a battle for the ego to have control, and the ego lost. Okay. Okay? But when the ego lost, that means the true authentic Sam had an opportunity to step in and clear up some of the ego's issues. Okay. Okay? So when you decided to take the aboga, what, what went wrong for you? Um... Uh, you are going to help a lot of people with your answer. I want you to know you are going to help a lot of pe other people out there. 
I'm, I'm not embarrassed. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to cast my mind back. Um, when I took it, I, uh, I lay in my bed. I did as much ceremony as I thought was necessary. Obviously, not enough. I did do. Well, I barely paid any any service to it. So really, I lay in my bed and waited for the effects to come on. Um, then I kind of started getting the buzzing in my ears. Um, uh, the nausea, uh, I didn't purge, which I think was a big part of it, which kind of worried me at the time, uh, which I know you meant to go through. Um, and then it just kind of gradually made me, made me, sorry, made me feel more and more anxious and like ill at ease. And um, it got to the, I think I took it about 12, it came on about 2 in the afternoon. And by about half 7, I was just like, I was thinking, get me off this ride to the extent where I just thought, I'm just going to force myself to go to sleep because I cannot take this anymore. And then I went to sleep until the next day. And then I just, I felt like a card at it, man, which, you know, I know it's normal with a bogey, but then I started getting huge neck spasms. Like I was craning my neck all the way to the left-hand side. It's almost as if I was trying to twist my own head off. It was I, really, really painful. What was, what was going on there was the manifestation of the injuries. And this is an example of something you need to tell the, the cranial sacral practitioner that, that you know, obviously it's got to be someone that you trust and say that you were feeling the twisting of your neck. What was going on is the atlas and atlas and axis of your neck were tightening up and preventing cranial sacral fluid from going out of your brain into the rest of your spinal column. And the aboga process, because you didn't purge and you didn't go through the euphoric state and you were forcing yourself to go to sleep, your body had to figure out a different way for you to have that experience, and sleep was that process. And a tremendous amount of your positive part of the aboga experience is only stored in your dream world. So when you're on the table, and I'm willing to bet it's probably going to take six or seven cranial sacral treatments to deal with the leg and the way the hip attaches to the leg and then how the tailbone unravels before your neck to unravel and once your neck unravels and the cranial sacral person is working on your brain it may trigger your aboga ceremony to come back do not be afraid of that whatever goes on in that thing it is a moment in no time in which the practitioner and you can have a second set of eyes on something that that is simultaneously happening in the past and it will assist you in unraveling a series of other past life neck issues where your neck was broken while you were on psychedelics quite literally whether you were falling or hung by someone for whatever reason you have a tremendous amount of injuries that relate to the neck and your spirit cannot go into its its full purpose until that neck is healed Okay. So I want you to see this opportunity that the, that the aboga and the negative experience is revealing to you the damage to the body, the damage that the soul has, and you have the next 13, 16, 18 months to heal that. And during that time, it's important that you go and learn other healing skills so you can work on, your, on yourself. Go and learn Reiki. Maybe take your own cranial sacral therapy class. I think you would be a tremendous practitioner in it um, once you've grounded yourself into the healing processes. And then once again, you can look at the psychedelics as part of your personal teacher. Um, I encourage people that want to do it to go and do it, but do it in a very protected, knowledgeable scenario. When you do it on your own, you run into those scenarios where what happened to Sam can happen to you. 
It's just too much. The experience is too much, and all you want to do is sleep it off. Okay, thanks. That's, um, you know, I, I was searching for an answer um, to the Iboga question for, since I took it, and it's really weird but amazing that's kind of come up in this conversation um, that I've finally got a role to go down, so yeah, that's amazing. That's great. Thanks. So what is it that you do for a job? I'm a support worker. I've, um, I've just started last month. I work with people with learning disabilities. Okay. So, do you smoke cannabis? No, no. I've uh, not done for a long time. I did do uh, in my youth about 10 years ago. I, I would like you to at least think about it again. I think a handful of cannabis cigarettes or, or you partaking in cannabis for a week to 10 days um, will provide some relief for your body. Um, your body is actually still in a process where it's fighting off the aboga waves. Um, there are times this can happen with people with ayahuasca too that have had tremendous purging. As much as six, seven months afterwards, there's still waves of the process stirring up the the psychic traumas. Cannabis will go a long way to nullifying some of those psychic traumas long enough so you can have some point of clarity. It's important that you get the clarity so that you as Sam can begin to make firm and solid choices in this reality. It's funny you mentioned that. I've actually, um, I don't really do drugs or such anything like that anymore. Like I don't drink alcohol, eat a very clean diet. But like for the past few weeks, I've been considering like having a bit of a smoke again. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 Keep going. Sorry. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely consider that. I'll, I'll go down that route and see what that brings. Yeah. And again, you don't have to smoke a lot, you know, because you don't smoke one or two hits may, may be enough for you to just sit and relax, maybe pick up a, 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 a piece of paper and start doodling, doodling some of the symbols that you may want to start drawing on your body. And you can begin to create protection symbols or, or releasing energy symbols around your, where your leg is. Um, obviously, you can't paint on the back of your neck, but you can paint on the front of your chest in a mirror. And you know that with your own mind, you can transfer the, those painted symbols onto your back and to your neck so that you can assist the process of releasing the stranglehold that the waves of energy have over you. Yeah. So there's one more thing. Did you like have a, like a little thing growing up about working with clay? Uh, no, no, I didn't. Um, I like plasticine like everyone does uh, when they're younger, but I didn't have a huge thing about it. I want you to start looking into clay, maybe even just going out and finding an art store that sells clay that you can build you know, clay stuff in and bring it home and start playing with it and keep it wet and so it's like always clay that you're ready to remold into something else and remold into something else and then after a, a while of putting your energy into this clay maybe a week or so I want you to consider this to be your medicinal clay just like iboga or ayahuasca, ayahuasca was a medicinal medicine you took inside your body, this clay you are going to wrap around your knee, your leg, and put your hands over it and allow the warmth from your leg to go into the clay. 
Um, and then you can put this over your elbow, your hands, your chest, any place that you want. You can roll it out with a rolling pin so it's like a thin cloth. And the more and more energy that you share with this and the more and more healing, the clay is going to become more and more empowered. And then after a while, the clay will retain a tremendous amount of dense energy. And this is where you can wrap it in wax paper a whole bunch of times and then stick it back underground. Just take a shovel, you know, seven, eight inches under the dirt, stick the clay inside there. You know it's going to be perfectly fine. It's wrapped in wax paper. Leave it in there for a day or two. And then when you pull it out, wet it down and then start kneading it out so that all of the excess energies that are still retained in it are freed. Okay? Yeah, And this will turn into something along with the body painting that you will be able to use during future ceremonies where you may find yourself in a rush of energy that's overwhelming you and you can roll out the clay during your, your psychedelic state or, 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 or shamantic state and then put it over parts of your body so that you can assist the body in dealing with whatever the psychedelic or, or psychic experience or mystical experience is going on. That okay. clay can be your living biomass of armor and protection in healing. Okay, cool. Um, All right, Sam, we've got to move, move on to the next caller. Okay, thanks so much for your help. All right, you have a really, really good day. So Cheers. the next caller is 541, your name and where you're calling from. Is it me? That is you. Oh, my goodness. So great to speak with you. I can't believe this. My name's Jenny, and I'm calling from Corvallis, Oregon. Welcome, Jenny, from Corvallis, Oregon. Oregon. Thank you. What kind, of, what kind of questions you want to ask? Um, it's so similar to a lot of the questions that have already been asked. Um, I, I've been on a spiritual journey for the last, going on four years, learned a lot, but I'm having a, it, it's so strange because um, it's almost like I feel like I'm on an island by myself now. It's like before I was so social and and surrounded myself with lots of people. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I feel like I've lost my tribe. Okay. Um, so you, you, you said you began your journey about four years ago. What almost. Was it that, what, yeah. what was it that triggered your journey? My son. Okay. And what was it about your son? He, um, and, and just FYI, I've done a lot of work with another teacher. Um, he, he was a little bit slower to walk and crawl. Um, he was hypersensitivity, uh, hypersensitive to sound. Um, I just noticed, and, you know, I had worked with children in the past, um, and I just noticed that he had some delays, and it can me and I got a, you know a lot I really dove in did a lot of research his um, delays were related to sensory processing so we did a lot of pediatric occupational therapy um, we did um, a procedure where it integrates the auditory the visual the vestibular system and uh, his case was mild but it was still there but it was basically in a nutshell just where he comes from um, but it really like sent me on a journey is this making any sense oh absolutely this is why is it, i asked the question and now yeah. you, you said it's led you away from friends and you find yourself a little bit of a hermit i, w I was on a mission <coughs> but then the but but because this happened i also found my spiritual past but i'm in a little bit of a limbo right now 
All right, you were on a, what I call a mama mission. A mission. A mama mission. A mama mission. I was a warrior. You were, you were not going to be a mama that didn't succeed, and you did succeed. And with the, with the with this success becomes the next level of revelation re- for you. Revelation for you. What do you do okay. next? And the big Pardon? question is you, you, the big question is what do you do next? Your mama yeah. mission is done, and so the mama exactly because uh, he, I feel. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. The mama now has a whole new form of vision and clarity inside her because you completed a spiritual contract that you had with your child about integrating the auditory processes, taking them to that pediatrician, which the child spiritually contracted to be in her life and into, his, into, the, into, into the life. The next stage for you now is as your child is growing and integrating, you have to take the next stages and steps in learning um, about your spiritual process, your spiritual origins, your spiritual gifts this lifetime, which are to educate yourself, educate your children, and educate those around you. What is it that you do for a job? I, I work with kids. We, I teach kids how to teach younger kids. So there you go. You're, you're meant to be an educator. So you have to figure out ways of taking the knowledge of what you've learned on your spiritual path and how to integrate it into the path of children that are growing up. This mm-hmm. may be a book in which you can give to parents that, that can teach them about the processes that children go through in learning where you can teach them a different form of learning so that they're not imprinted with basic mathematics before they're taught basic forms of love. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's and now the next, yeah, go ahead. go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say it's interesting that you bring this up because it's so strange. Somebody will be sitting next to me and they'll say, God, I don't know what's going on with my son or daughter. Why, why are they walking on their toes? Why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? And then I slowly like feed them a little bit of information. Yeah. yeah. And inside and inside your body and your mind, your arm is high up in the air. I have an answer for you if you're going to listen. But I'm scared because they're going to think, oh, great. Here's another person trying to tell me what to do with my kid. But yet they're seeking help at the same time. Right. So I want to you know bring what I Kathy, mean? Yeah. I want to bring yeah. Kathy in here right now to talk about the self-confidence that a woman goes through. Okay. okay. Kathy, go ahead. Hi, Jenny. Hi. Um, when I look at your energy, it, it to me, it's like, wow, you've really been through a rough time. I don't think you've properly described to us how rough your <laughs> journey has been these last few years. <laughs> so good for you to get to this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it is very alienating when anything changes and, you know, people that, mm, how can I describe it? It's like a... Um, a screw and a bolt you know when they're in place everything fits well and it holds up the table or whatever it is but the minute you change the bolt or just move it a little bit nothing fits anymore and that's kind yes. of how it is with you I mean you you've had an awakening you've um, changed a little bit you've changed the way you think the way you perceive things so your old life doesn't really fit the same anymore and that's right. pretty much that's it. It's not um, anything you've done, they've done. It's just you've moved in a different direction to what they have, and they will either adapt to you or they won't. In most cases, you'll find that they probably can't adapt to you because it's too unfamiliar to them. But it yeah. doesn't matter because either way, 
in the past you've had a great passing of times together and sometimes it's just time to move on. Um, don't waste any time thinking about, uh, just hold on, we'll come back to you. Okay. And welcome back, everyone. Caller, are you still there? Yeah. Okay, go ahead, Kathy. Uh, hi, Jenny. I was hi. Uh, just regrouping myself momentarily. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, sometimes life changes. We don't fit with people the same. It's just a, a passing on of energies that we've now grown towards something bigger, different, and, you know, the friendships um, or t close ties that we may lose over it, really it was just time for an ending, um, more of a time for moving forward. So I wouldn't even bother spending too much time thinking about that. It is okay. sad that sometimes you can't keep the same ones that you're familiar with and you've had for so long, but it's just sometimes people are just on a different path and, right. you know, just, just time to go your separate ways. Maybe you will refine yourselves together again later, but I wouldn't spend too much energy or angst thinking about it. Um, when I look at your energy, I do think that you need to fill a void that's in your space right now. Um, probably my easiest suggestion for you would be to take up a hobby of, of some type. Not even necessarily for a long-term thing. It doesn't have to be a burning interest hobby. But I'd like you to get out and do something new, something different, and something that you would consider fun or restful. Because I want you to be able to put yourself in a situation where you don't know anyone. You're all at point zero learning something new. You're all meeting new people. And just, you know, dip that toe in the little friendship pool and see how you go. I mean, you won't necessarily find your next long-lasting friend forever there. But it's time for you to get out there and just, you know, test the waters. See yeah. where it takes you. It's so funny because this, not funny, but it... Um, the energy that this creates for me sometimes is that uh, it throws me into like a procrastination mode. Mm, mm. And then where I kind of just want to shut down and just kind of, you know, check out from people. I think some of it too might be, you know, dealing with, um, I have a different awareness now than I did four years ago and just trying to ground that energy and stuff like that around being around a lot of people or when I'm around a lot of people that uh, is sometimes very, very difficult for me to do. Mm. Yes, uh, most certainly it would be because, you know, you, you found a new awareness. Um, grounding itself just to do every day is not, you know, an, uh, an easy thing to do all the time if you're not familiar with it. Um, and that's also part of the reason why I'd like you to, you know, branch out and start making those initial steps because the more you do it, the more familiar you will become with it. Like I said, you may not find, you know, your first fabulous friend at the first place you go to, but it's a question of trial and error, finding a formula that works for you. And just by natural sort of um, flow, you will start to find more like-minded people purely because you're a different person now. When you you do your initial chit-chat with people, mm -hmm. you would talk different things to what you would have five years ago. And they will also talk different things. So you will either, you know, find that connection or you won't, in which case you can move on. You know what I mean? But it's finding your own technique with this new 
let's call it the new you with your new awareness and finding a way that you can connect with people and acquire one or two talking buddies, hopefully a bit more long-term friend. But let's just start with some talking buddies because that alone will give you that own, your own sense of worth and self-confidence to make you forge ahead more and more. You'll no longer think, oh, you know, I just, there's too much that, that, you know, it's overwhelming. Just to Mm -hmm. explain myself takes me 20 minutes and by then I'm exhausted. Right. (laughs) Let alone any chit-chat. There's no (laughs) chit-chat. Yeah. Whereas, you know, the more that you practice this, especially with people you don't know, the more you're like, you know what, quick evaluation, gone. No need to waste my time there. I'm going to focus on this little old lady over here, you know. And the more that you do that, the more that you remember what a confident person you are and the more the flow comes out of your mouth. So that's like a natural conversation rather than having to explain yourself because this is what you're doing at the moment with people is that you say something, but then you have this long explanation behind it when really most people that are at the same um, awareness level at you don't need that explanation. You just say that first five words and they get it so it's not so exhausting for you and you know if you are spending 20 minutes explaining it then you know forget it (laughs) Mm -hmm. move on Mm -hmm. and you know there's you're not offending anyone because you don't know them they don't know you you know if the whole class is no good quit the class go and do another one you know what i mean so it's a very easy non-competitive uh uh non-committal way to just test out the new you remember the old you and becoming the new you merging together so you are the new confident you with loads of interesting things to talk about that people are interested in yeah um another thing i'd like to ask about is with all this grounding issue that you have been recently having it's probably also related to your tailbone um have you had a sore tailbone no Mm. i have not Okay. Well, I'd say that probably you'll find that the, the bottom of your tailbone rack from your coccyx onwards is probably not aligned in a, let's call it a correct manner or a optimum manner. So that is something that you really should consider looking at because when your tailbone is in any way turned or twisted or moved slightly out of sync, grounding becomes a little bit more difficult. Okay, I, that's, that's, I'm glad you brought that up because I never looked at it in that way. I just looked at it as a form of me procrastinating about doing the work, about, you know, getting up and, you know, meditating every morning and grounding myself before I go out there <laughs> or grounding myself before I go into to a group. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. I mean, it's a great thing you've called through and talked to us because this is an issue that happens with so many people. It's not just you. It's a lot of people go through this. And when you have the lack of grounding and the tailbone issue, this is part of what makes you become a hermit as well because you're going through all this stuff. You've got so much stuff going on in your head that you're really not well equipped to deal with everyone else and things around you. Mm-hmm. So when Definitely. you can get these things, you know, which seem basic, when we talk about like this, oh, yes, tailbone, you know, optimum strength and, and straightness and, oh, yes, grounding. I mean, saying it sounds very easy, but to do it every day and remember to do it throughout the day is, is tiring when you're not familiar with it. And yeah. it's you need to spend a lot of time working on that so that it does become an automatic thing. And then when this happens, you then automatically find that you 
seek out people because that's in your nature and you want to move forward. But there's by no means this is is this a strange thing. I don't feel at all that this is weird. It's just you. It's not. It happens to just hundreds and hundreds of people. I'm sure half the people listening here, well, maybe not half, a lot of people listening here today will think, oh, you know what, that could be me. <laughs> exactly. That could be you. And, and yeah. it's something that, I, something that I want to point out. When you began this journey four years ago, your tailbone was in a position to allow social energy in. And as you began to focus, the muscles and fascia around your tailbone gave you a different layer of focus that allowed you to go internal to process the information so you could ultimately teach it to others. And that is the position that your tailbone is in now. It needs to be relaxed and released um, through meditate, guided meditation where in your mind you fill your body, your mind, your brain up with beautiful colors of light and then begin to transit that energy all over your body where it finally wells up into your tailbone. Your guided visual and light meditations there will go a long way at taking away the imprint of, of what it took to learn everything, to shut out the friends because if you didn't shut out the friends, you wouldn't have been as knowledgeable as you are now. Thank you for validating that because I've always I, a sense of guilt yeah. um, about that has hung over me, which I think that that contributes to the procrastination and the just the negativity around it. Right. So what I want would like for you to do is to focus massages on your tailbone, your buttocks, your quads, your lower back. You can go out and buy at Walmart one of those little back massage machines that are really small or they fit into a chair. Um, figure out a way to self-massage the tailbone or go and seek a professional. Um, and they can give you a, a, not a chiropractor, someone that does muscular work, deep tissue, et cetera, et cetera, or a cranial sacral therapist one that can release the fascia and do some form of fluid exchange your your left and right sacralia uh, which are which hold the tailbone in place are full of very dense fluid like a jelly that needs to be broken up and moved and that okay. is literally where your procrastination energy is existing cranial fluid from your brain cannot make it all the way down to your tailbone and what that cranial fluid does is empowers the the desire to get up and move, the desire to work with everyone, and those desires that are in there right now, that old cranial fluid is still focused with the hermit-type energy to learn. You okay. need to repair, renew, and recycle the sacronella and all of the fluid that's in there so the modern desires and needs are understood at the body level, not just the mind level. Okay. Darlin, we've got to move on to the next caller, but you were really special. Thank you so much for calling. Thank you. Thanks so much. All right. Our next caller is 815. Your name and where you're calling from? Hi, this is Amanda. I'm calling from Illinois. Hello, Amanda from Illinois. What kind of questions do you want to ask today? Oh, gosh. Um, I'm just a lost mess. But in general, the biggest thing on my mind is my dad's illness right now. I've mm -hmm. always felt with him um, and right now he's battling like vascular dementia we almost lost him about two weeks ago he was in the ICU um, and now he's in a nursing home and basically I mean there's like shreds of him left if you know what I mean oh yes I do I have watched my my grandmother for many years go through uh, dementia and Alzheimer's and to revert to a seven-year-old girl when she was in her 90s um, and then the slow withering away. So I'm quite a, quite a, quite aware of that. And that is a trauma for anyone to experience and go through. 
But you must yeah. understand you are going through it for a reason. And the big reason is to teach you that elderly people cannot just be put into a home and walked away from. That yeah. the side of you that says, that's my father, both good and bad, and the entire life, near the end of his life, I need to be present for it. But you also yeah. know that he's barely present anymore. As you said, he's just shreds of the person. Yeah. And this is why you have to begin to look into yourself as a person that can assist his soul shards or shreds crossing over by pulling out your scrapbooks and your pictures of him and going back into those memories and saying, Father, I love you, but it's time yeah. to move on. Uh, yeah. Okay? Yeah. It's this is where you can be the spiritual medium that assists him in passing on. And this is a story you'll be able to save for your future children, so they'll be able to do it for you at one day. This is something yeah. that you can share with the world for every other person that has gone through this. Yeah, I, I started, I did some, like, contract revocation. Part of me felt like, you know, like, I don't know, like, it wasn't a time or, you know, I never got the chance. I became conscious just in the last few years, and I really didn't have a chance to share that with him. Yep. So I kind of felt like I was not getting robbed, but I just didn't know if it was his time, you know? But you are still connected to him, okay? Yeah. You can use a picture of him to tell him about your awakening experience, and he will know. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So, what was his name? Uh, Leonard Bjornsson, Lenny. Okay. What, what year was he born? Um, 1948. Okay. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little, a little healing process with you here. I just want you to repeat after me. Okay. I, in the ever-present moment... I, in the ever-present moment, call upon my father, Lenny, call upon my father, Lenny, in all his different expressions of soul shards, in all his different expressions of soul shards, I bring to you all of the seven past and seven future generations, I bring to you all of the seven past and seven future generations, so they may assist you in the crossing over process, so they may assist you in the crossing over process, your brother, your sister, your mother, your father, your great-grandfather. Your brother, your sister, your mother, your father, and your great-grandfather. They all wait there in the astral world. They all wait there in the astral world. To guide you over to the light. To guide you over to the light. So you may have your natural process of a life review. So you may have your natural process of a life review. I share with you, my father Lenny, I share with you, my father, Lenny. My 16th birthday. My 18th birthday. My 16th birthday. My 18th birthday. My first love I have ever had. My first love I've ever had. So you may know I've led a complete life. So you may know I've lived a complete life. My love for you now extends to your position in the astral world. My love for you now extends to you and your position in the astral world. Still here in physical form. Still here in physical form. Still able to be touched. Still able to be touched. Know this, Father. Know this, Father. I am here to assist you to cross over. I am here to assist you to cross over. With dignity and honor. With dignity and honor. I look upon my memories of you. I look upon my memories of you. Joy and happiness. 
joy and happiness. And I extend these memories of happiness and joy. And I extend these memories of happiness and joy. To your physical body. To your physical body. That has the last threads of your consciousness in it. That has the last threads of your consciousness in it. The part of you that does not want to let go. The part of you that does not want to let go. That is the part I am loving the most. That is the part I am loving the most. So you may go through your transition. So you may go to your transition. Say your final words. Say your final words. Be at peace with yourself. Be at peace with yourself. And know the love of the various beings that are around you. And know the love of the various beings that are around you. Who are now your guides and guardians. Who are now your guides and guardians. As part of the astral world. As part of the astral world. Father, know this. Father, know this. I love you. I love you. And I will continue to love you forever. And I will continue to love you forever. I will not fall victim to not loving again. I will not fall victim to not loving again. Because you have taught me I must love to be able to live. Because you have taught me that I must love to be able to live. And with this knowledge. And with this knowledge. I release you with love. I release you with love. You have been my greatest teacher. You have been my greatest teacher. And will continue to teach me. And will continue to teach me. On the way you choose to pass over. On the way you choose to pass over. And so be it. And so be it. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, Just relax a second. Just relax. There's a tremendous amount of energies there. Um, there's a couple things that he wants you to know, um, and I, I kind of had you say it. When when he does pass on, there's going to be a part of you that's going to be very hurt, very angry, and that's the little girl who didn't want to lose her father. And it's very important that you learn to love again. Yeah. yeah. Don't shut yourself out. Yeah. That's the thing. I feel like he's like, I don't know why I've always felt close to him, but it almost feels like if he goes, I don't have anyone else. It's kind of weird. No, I want, I, to bring Kathy, I want to bring Kathy in here. You know, she also um, was with her father on her passing and his passing and took care of him for many years. And she has her own perspective about the passings. Okay, okay. Thank you. Hi, Andrea. Hi. When I look at the energy between you and your father, it is a very, very strong connection. Um, Even though when you see him now, you only get glimpses of the man he once was, he's actually very aware of of what's going on on a different level. Um, The first thing you need to know, of course, is that it's all okay. You know, it's... He's... He's in many, many ways. He's already told you what he needed to say because he's always been able to tell you what he thinks. He may not have been able to tell you in the, the, the touchy-feely way he wished he could have, but that just wasn't him. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, so 
what he, what he did need to say has been said. And in many ways, what you need, think you needed to say, he already knows. So there really, in many ways, there's nothing left unsaid. And that's very important for you to recognize for yourself because you did spend time with him. The things that both of you needed to say are already said. It would now just be reiterating it. So it's okay, you know. Whatever happens, of course, from now till when he passes, it's going to be painful. I mean, there's there's no sugarcoating that. But, I mean, painful for you emotionally. But you every time that you feel upset about it, you have to remember that because that is actually what is important, that there was nothing really big left unsaid. And that's what he would wants you to know and would want you to know and in your heart i know you already know that that is true it just helps yeah. if someone else can tell you that and yeah. i guess confirm it for you um when he does pass you will find it'll be fairly fast so there isn't a long very drawn out thing for him so that is also very good news um yeah. what i would like you to do is have a look at all the paperwork, though, that involves him, because I think all the paperwork is not in order, and that's going to be a big headache for you. Um, so the sooner you can deal with all the paperwork that you know is going to come and you just don't want to face it yet, the better off it is, because when he passes, it's going to be just such a nightmare to try and do it then. Yeah, and I think we've been trying to, but my, my um that mom hasn't, I mean, really been, like, forthcoming with everything, which kind of was some red flags for us, but maybe there wasn't, like, some truthfulness. She just hasn't been very transparent with the children, so. I would say yeah. there's a certain percentage of it she really doesn't know, and to admit that to your children is not a good thing. You know, yeah. your mom's quite proud, so to, to admit that she doesn't know would be just too much for her. Um, the yeah. things that are missing that you think she's being cagey about, I would consider it like this. If she doesn't have an answer, what is your backup plan? And start to think about your plan B, plan C, because you're yeah, probably yeah. going to need them. Yeah, get all that stuff going, because we just started talking about this the night before. He, like, basically went into the hospital and was in the ICU. I mean, just the timing was, like, almost, dis like, disgustingly, you know, perfect. It was really weird. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know what you mean. It, it, it's it's not good when things happen smoothly like that, but in a way it is good, right? <laughs> um, but certainly I would say the things that you want to know, If you let's say you've asked your mom um, ten things. She probably only really had the answer for three or four things. The rest she really doesn't know. So if you are quite sure that there is some paperwork over one or two of the things, you will have to go through their study or whatever papers they have in a shoebox and start looking for yeah. it. Um, yeah. The rest, she really doesn't know, which means that um, the siblings are going to have to make decisions and see where that takes you. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, no one wants to face this. And yeah, the, no, the I, problem is, if you don't, when you... when the time comes, you'll all be just so traumatized that it, this is going to be a complete nightmare. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely need to get stuff together for sure. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and I also think that there is probably um, some, if you go through all the paperwork, and to me it looks very chaotic, so I'm guessing 
the way I see it, it looks like it's in boxes everywhere and probably yeah. little boxes too, not big boxes. <laughs> yeah, my, my stepmom's a hoarder, so that's, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no telling yeah. where you'll find it in her recipes. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there is some document there, like when you go through the papers, just pay a bit of attention because I think there is a document there that is worth money. So to me, what that usually means, it's a policy of some sort you didn't know about, um, a share form you didn't know about. It's something that is worth something that you you wouldn't have known unless you find it. But if you don't look for this properly, like if you just rifle through papers, you'll miss it. And we're not talking just a few hundred dollars. You know, it's worth money. So when you are rifling through, I, don't know, I hate to use the word rifle, but when, when you're sorting through the papers, um, just take note of all the headers 